Since the beginning of time, people have always found creative ways of communicating. This is my way. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and we need to talk. Hello, and welcome to Not For Nothing. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and today we're going to be talking about what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, therapy. As you know, I have never been to therapy, even though if you know me at all, it seems like that is like the one place I should be, but I have not. And so I've taken the last couple of weeks to explore therapy, um, to explore my options, and talk to some people on the podcast and off the podcast about what it means to go to therapy because I've never been and frankly it makes me a little nervous. Um, I'm just, it's a new endeavor for me and I really want to make sure that I, it, I know I almost said it, I almost said the thing that I say which I don't think is accurate. I almost said I want to get it right but what I mean is I want to give it the attention and the full awareness that I should be bringing to it. So, over the last couple of weeks, I enlisted the help of, of course, Ethan and Sarah, who has been very open about the fact that she's been going to therapy for years, and a friend of the show, Jake Myers. I've been talking to him in private, and I've been talking to some other people in private as well. And this episode is actually coming out on the day that I have my very first therapy session. Um, And so, of course, I kind of wanted to check back in with Ethan, check back in with Sarah, because Sarah is kind of an accountability partner for me as well um, on a lot of things that I do in life and me for her. Um, So... Yeah, I really wanted to check in with them and just kind of talk to them about, you know, anything you're feeling, talk about what I'm feeling because I needed a soundboard. And so that's what this episode is. I've got two conversations um, over the course of the next hour coming at you, one with Ethan, one with Sarah. So I won't hold it up anymore. Here's Ethan. I like the very cherry. I like the tutti frutti. And I like the green apple, like the these ones, the bright green ones. I like, let's see, I like, hmm, I like the caramel corn one. I like coconut. I like pina colada. You can have all the licorice. What was the first one you said? Caramel corn. Hmm. Yeah, you like all the gross ones. You can have those. Oh, I like uh, the peach one, too. You can have that. <laughs> you don't like the peach one? I don't know. You like peachos. They taste very similar. Sometimes I like to put a whole whole handful in my mouth and just taste the burst of flavor. Uh, and that's the commercial from Ugh. Uh, Ugh. 1988. Ooh, there's something in this in this handful. Of licorice? Gross. I don't like it. I don't know. I like the licorice ones. So, anyway. Ooh, cappuccino. I like that one. That's a good one. 
Because you know me and coffee. You like toasted marshmallow? Mm-hmm. I do like that one. Is there a toasted marshmallow? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd like that it's one. It's easy too. to find. It's white, huh? It's white with brown splotches. Um, but anyway, is this it? Is this the one? Um, I think so. Mm, that's good. I like that one. So, we are eating. Um, I'm so sorry. That was such a smack in my. I heard it in my ear, in my monitor. Um, we're eating jelly beans, and we're talking about me going to therapy this week. So. It's happening this week. Mm-hmm. I have talked on the show before, in the you know, in a couple of episodes ago, and for a couple of episodes, that I'm getting ready to go to therapy for the first time. What do you think about it? Well, we had a pretty um, in-depth conversation about it um, yesterday. So I'm, you know, it makes me sad for you that stuff is going on in your life that it's now time to go to therapy you know Mm -hmm. but i'm proud of you for you know acknowledging that that is the truth and then accepting that and you know being willing to take that first step toward doing something about it and especially right now i feel like if there was any time because it seems to me that you are you know a little bit reticent to to start going to therapy i'm very nervous about it like, I'm more nervous than I thought I would be. And it feels like now, for people who are going to start therapy, but are going to be nervous about starting therapy, now is the exact worst time for somebody to start going to therapy. Because it's so odd to do it right now. Because um, you can't do it in person, or you shouldn't be doing it in person. That's what, that is something that, that's one of the little things that makes me nervous is because I'm doing it, uh, over, well, it's not a zoom call. It's, it's through a website and the, the interface is through that website, but it's a video call and that makes me nervous. But also I'm just really, I don't know. I'm nervous about what's, what's going to come of it. Yeah, you kind of um, painstakingly went through, because the the service that you're using presents you with a list of Mm -hmm. possible therapists and gives you a little information about them and shows you their photo. And um, it kind of starts at the top with the the one that they think is going to be the best fit for you and then goes Mm -hmm. down from there. And you painstakingly went through every one and paid attention to sort of the language that they used and they all had lists of Mm -hmm. specialty uh, specialties that they have. And you noticed what they had on their list and what they didn't have on their list, what you had in mind that you would like to see on their list. You know, you had sort of a good idea of what you were looking for. There was one woman who like she's like at the end, they do a bullet point on each of their profiles. And one of them was very like the one that they were like big, big, huge photo. This is the girl for you. They, um, she, she gave me a good feeling. Um, but then there was people like there was this blonde girl who specifically said, um, she's inspired by Brene Brown, which speaks to me because I really like Brene Brown and I like the way that she, she portrays information. I like how she, you know, I like how she is statistical and she is, 
um, evidence based, and I like that about Brene Brown. But the lady that this was her profile, I found her to be very annoying looking. <laughs> so I'm not going to go to her because I mean, and I know that's probably not great, but um, and then there was one lady who specifically had ADHD on her list. And I found her to be old looking. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not going to you either. Hmm. We're in the business of judging books by covers here, I guess. I mean, they should have done like perfect date dating video. Hello, I'm Brittany and I will be your therapist. You know, that is an interesting point. I don't want to get us too off topic, but I wonder if you would have gone with someone different had they not posted photos. If oh, no, there was one person that didn't have a photo. Well, no, but like if the website didn't post photos, like mm. if that wasn't a thing that you did, if it was just here are my credentials, here's my philosophy, here's a little blurb about my personnel, you know, like I like to work out. I love to go well, to I'll the tell beach you exactly what I would have done. I did exactly what I did last year when I was choosing a dentist for Kaiser Permanente. Or They didn't have photos? You nodded. Yeah, they didn't have photos on the thing, so I Googled mm. them. Ah, I was like, who, what does Dr. Karshishian look like? I see. Actually, that's my eye doctor. Um, but yeah, I would have Googled him. And, um, there is another girl on this list that, and they were all, they were all women and I Mm -hmm. shouldn't say girl, but you know, girl or boy. Um, there was another person on this list. She was the only one on the list that mentioned LGBTQ issues, but she, she looked a little frumpy. Um, and I don't mind her looking frumpy. She looked really nice. Uh, but I, I decided to go with the one that they put with her face really big at the top of the list. And I also reached out to the girl who does LGBTQ issues because, you know, I'm looking for long term. Right. It did also mention that um, the the main one who you, tri- who you went with um, for your first session had moved to Texas. Yeah. So there's no way, I mean, unless you wanted to continue doing it telecommunication-wise, mm-hmm. but you don't want to do that. I mean, I don't know. Necessity breeds innovation. So maybe I'll be just a telecommunicating therapy person after this. But maybe. I, I think I would rather sit in someone's office and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. That's really what makes me the most nervous mm-hmm. is I'm just very I don't know and that was the thing like um uh I'll say that the the questionnaire that I had to fill out before I was finished the uh the intake information is what they called it they did they flat out asked like were there any traumas in your life as a child and mm-hmm. I'm like well Jesus hello yep. let's get right down to it I thought you're supposed to have a therapist for this and you know it, it was it was, I mean, it was, it was made me nervous to answer those questions because there were things like I grew up without my maternal grandmother in my life. My grandfather had remarried and, you know, had another son. And so I had a step grandmother that was, you know, she was my grandmother when I was growing up, but I didn't know my maternal grandmother. And it was very prominent that I didn't, you know, it was, it was very known. There's a grandmother you don't know. Don't forget her. Yeah, you mentioned that. I saw that you mentioned that on your intake form, and I forgot to ask you about it, but that was really interesting to me mm-hmm. that, you, that well, you mentioned that specifically, that it was very prominently discussed in your family that you had a maternal grandmother who died 
mm-hmm. and this is not her. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I I I really really want everyone listening to hear me. My grandmother, that was my step grandmother, that is my step grandmother. She's still with us. Um, I love her dearly. I love her with all my heart, and she was has been a wonderful grandmother. But I did. I grew up in a in a family that was like that made it clear there was somebody missing. Don't forget that. And so death, and it was because she died. That was the point. And then I also wrote that I have a cousin who passed away when I was in first grade, a first cousin who I was really close to. And that was very traumatic for me. And you know, being having been with me for 10 years, death has been a very, very touchy subject for me. Mm-hmm. Like, And also, you've been with me when I've lost two grandparents and I've almost lost my father. I don't know, hundreds of times at this point. So it was just interesting to put that on paper to be like, okay, so this is the, this is the issue we're going to talk about. (laughs) Right. I know what she, you, I see what she's about to read. So she's going to be like, so death. So let's talk about this. Yeah. Death, huh? Death in your family. So it's just interesting to get that insight because at the beginning of this journey, I said a couple of episodes ago, I don't know what you talk about, you know? Right. And because I do, I tell, I talk to people about everything. I'm very candid with my information towards people. Um, so I, I just don't know what you could talk about with a therapist that I don't already talk about with everybody in life. But I don't know. I see, I see the a direction and I'm like, maybe she'll find something else because I already knew all that. I want to find out something that I don't know about myself. Well, I may have said this in a previous episode too, but the difference I think is that the friends and people in your life who you tell all these things to aren't trained and licensed to help you attach, you know, meaning to those things. Mm-hmm. Well, and Billy doesn't come over for a drag race and go, but first I want to talk about your relationship to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sarah does sometimes, but... <laughs> That's because she loves macabre. Exactly. You will tell her and she'll just go, huh, huh. okay, yep. and then just move on. It's interesting that you say that it's just the not knowing what to expect that makes you nervous because mm-hmm. those kind of things don't make me nervous at all. It's the things that make me the most nervous are when I have a vague idea of what to expect, but I've never actually experienced the thing before. Well, again, you know me better than any other human on earth, and you know being nervous about not knowing what to expect is not something I've, I suffer from. Yeah. I'm very just like, whatever, mm-hmm. let's do it. I'm, I'm a risk taker when it comes to adventures. Uh, I like to, I like to experience life and I am excited to experience therapy, but also I, I, it's something we mentioned in our very personal conversation yesterday when I was really having some trouble and that you did not, you didn't have, I, I was depressed. I was very, very, very sad yesterday. And I could not pull myself out of the bedroom. And you did not have any warning signs whatsoever. At all. I know that, you know. You were in the living room and I was just kind of going into the bedroom to let you do yoga and in the living room kind of have the space because we're in still in a kind of a confined space. And when you were done with yoga, I was in a state. And it just came along and something that I had said was I think there might be a chance I'll never not be in therapy. Mm -hmm. And that may be what's nervous 
Oh. That this is the last, you know, kind of like when you're in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, the last week of high school or the last week before you move to a new city. It's like, I might not ever be back here. Do you want to be back here? Right. No, probably not. Not me. <laughs> but, the, but the notion that you might not ever be back here is nerve wracking for me. Did you feel that way when you were leaving high school? No, I really was ready to go. But that's because you're young and you're stupid. <laughs> you know, it's like, because a, a year and a half after I left high school, I had already traveled Europe and then I moved to California. Mm-hmm. I was ready for life. And that's something that I'm really interested in finding again because I'm kind of old and dormant a little bit now. So I'm excited to hopefully maybe find that deep down in there, dig that out, and dust that dress off and dance around in it. Yeah. Uh, well, look at that one. What is that? Looks it's like a, fruity. Looks like a tie-dye shirt. That's one of my favorites. Do you want to eat it? Or can I try it? You can try it. Tutti fruity. Mm-hmm. Tastes like juicy fruit. Tastes like something you get in your mouth at the dentist when you were a kid. What kind of dentist did you go to? <laughs> like the the like bubblegum... I never paste or something. I just always got mint. Well, they didn't give me a choice. They said, "Open up." Mm. So, um, although <laughs> that Crest Kids toothpaste was the bomb, that's what it tastes like. Crest Kids toothpaste. That was real good. <laughs> You'll never not taste that now. Nope. Crest Ki- Crest Kids toothpaste jolly jelly belly. Oh, there's one right there. Um, but yeah, that's that's really what the nerve is that I feel like I might be graduating to a higher sense of myself. And I'm already someone who has a pretty good grasp on who I am and how to navigate my life with being positive and having useful energy. So it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, and that's like a a real deep thing, I think, for you. That's been a very gradual Almost unnoticeable, I think, change in you. What? That sort of, almost like a settling, a coming down. Because, I mean, I know when we first met, you were very much like gung-ho, ready to go, tons of energy. Let's go have an adventure every day. Yeah. And now you're just kind of like, I'm just going to go to work and come home and watch some TV. And, I mean, I'm not shading you. I'm just saying that I think it's one of those things where because I'm with you here every day and because you're here with you every day. Mm Mm-hmm. You didn't notice that until it had already happened. But I have a suspicion that maybe if somebody who used to know you very well hadn't seen you in years and then they came over, mm-hmm. they'd be like, whoa, what happened to you? Yeah. But then I also think that some people maybe get stuck in that mode of how they were like when they were in college or whatever, and that's also not great. You know, There yeah, has to be a happy I, medium. I. I really, I mean, I think that the settling of myself really gave a space so that a new facet of myself that I didn't know back then could emerge. But I really, really am interested in in, in merging the two mm-hmm. to really just kind of get to it. And and I and I think I've done a, done an okay job because this last year I have. Or last couple of years, I decided I'm going to say yes to everything. If it doesn't hurt me, if it doesn't hinder me in any way, I'm going to say yes to it. And I've had some really great experiences in the last two years. But I want more. 
what about you? Like, does this whole like journey of therapy make you think maybe you'd like to go? It's interesting because in a past episode, you were like, you know, I just don't know what, I just don't know what I would talk about. And I was like, oh, it sounds great to me to just go into a room and have somebody say, so why don't you tell me about you? Um, and I still feel that way. But now, like, watching you go through the monotony of it, of filling out forms and dealing with insurance and answering intake questions and choosing a therapist, it kind of takes the magic out of it in a way. Mm-hmm. Of it being like, oh, no, this is like a this is a medical process, just like any other medical process. Mm-hmm. It is definitely something that I still... Because you asked me you, you, last night, you said, do you think you want to start therapy? And I was like, I don't think so. Um, do you think you should start therapy? I mean, I think, I think I should in the sense that I think everybody should. I do think that everybody should at some point go to therapy just to mm-hmm. discover what's... Because everybody has something down there that you know, is, is sort of tugging at them and everybody should be able to discover what that is. And then maybe it's different for different people. Maybe some people need more therapy once they've discovered what that is. And maybe other people are like, Oh, that's what that is. Okay. And then they can just go on. And I, I do worry that I'm going to be very, very dependent on therapy. That's a worry of mine too. What do you mean by that? Like, just like, I gotta go see my therapist. Uh huh. I'm going to go, you know, I've got to go see my therapist. Like, I gotta talk to, gotta talk to, Janita, about that <laughs> or whatever her name will be. I have a suspicion that there might come like a sort of learning curve moment with you, where you, because it it looks like to me you can message your therapist whenever through the service. Yeah, I, ac- I almost accidentally messaged her messaged her yesterday, and I've never met her yet. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, no, no, I don't need to talk to you right now. Do I not do not contact her. Can't wait to meet you. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I imagine there's going to be because it was on it was on the interface website that yeah. you know it's all there. I imagine there's going to be like a growing pains moment for you where after you've messaged her like in the middle of nowhere, sometimes she's going to have to do that thing of like, okay, why don't you remember this for our next session mm-hmm. and don't message me every time you have a thought. <laughs> but I would like to go to therapy at some point. Um, but I have no idea what that would be like for me. And I'm, it's mostly just kind of out of a a sense of curiosity. Like I don't necessarily feel the sense that there's something going on with me and I need to explore it in therapy. Really? I don't mean to bring up everything, but there's a, there's like a handful of things. I'm like, really? You don't want to deal with that in my hand, that little handful of things in therapy? I can think of one thing Mm -hmm. that... Well, that's the thing about you. You have you have your notions about me going to therapy. My notion about you going to therapy is you're gonna you're gonna walk in with the confidence of a child into therapy, thinking I'm fine, and then they're gonna just keep pulling stuff out, keep pulling stuff out. I mean, I would disagree with you there, and not and not I'm in not a bad way. Go up into therapy and be like, I'm fine. I don't know what I'm here for. I feel like I'm gonna go up into therapy and be like. I'm excited. Let's get started. You know? Well, yeah, exactly. Because permission to speak freely on this, because it's something that we've talked about in our personal lives. We've talked about, um, well, do you want to talk about something a little personal? Sure. I'm, um, I'm pretty, I try to be pretty open. We have discovered that if you're not automatically good at something, you tend to not do it. Mm-hmm. 
So oh, yeah, I was saying I've always, as far as back as I can remember, I've been that way. So that's something that comes up a lot in our conversations, um, in our deep conversations that I'm always want. I want to, I just, it frustrates me sometimes that I just, I just want to focus in and I want to do it. I want to do it right. And I want to do it the correct way. And you're like, I'm going to try it once. And if I'm not good at it, then forget it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by when you were going to walk into therapy, like, let's do this. And then it's just going to be like, whoa, not sure this is for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, stay, sit. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like if people listening right now know about therapy, you know, they're going to be like, oh God, he just needs to shut up. <laughs> but then I don't know, maybe there's other people who are listening who are going through these same trepidations as I am. But we'll see. You do have a sort of like prelude of thinking the most you can about something before you do it. More so than I've ever known anybody else. And that being said, that's everything in my life. Right. Yeah. We'll go in like, I'll be like, here's a perfect example. We live in Burbank. Now we go down to the, um, to the movie theater over in downtown Burbank. We're walking to the theater to go see a movie. Either on the way there, we got some time or on the way back. We're out early enough before Barnes and Noble closes. I'm like, can we stop in Barnes and Noble? And you're like, oh God, because I'm just like, I don't know which one to get. I have, I have five books that I want to read. I'm going to buy one tonight. Which one should it be? And it has and to be in perfect condition. And whatever it's not it even, it's not even a content contextual. Like, do I want to read this biography or do I want to read this fiction? It's going to be like, well, this book is hard to find in good condition because of X, Y, Z. So I might need to buy this one right now because it's in good condition, but I really want to read that one before. But also I could probably find that one for cheaper online. Whereas this one is very hard to find online. I mean, and I'll sit there for 30, 45 minutes deliberating which book I should get. And then the whole car ride home. Cause I always make you drive at night. Cause you know, blonde baby. Um, the whole car ride home, I'm like admiring the book and being like, isn't it pretty? Aren't you excited about this? And you're like, sure, <laughs> I'm not going to read it. <laughs> so I'm like, but get excited. I need you to be excited about this for me. So. But I can relate to that. So. I've never told you this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, my equivalent of that is definitely... I wouldn't say I even feel that way about like a skincare product. Like I get all tingly excited when I first get it out of the box mm-hmm. to use it. But then I'm good after the first like 10 second little, you know, and then I'm done. But when it comes to new video games, I definitely have that same feeling of just like, I just want to get it out and look at the box. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I have it. It's here. I could play it right now, but I'm not going to because I just want to look at it right now. That's that's the thing for me for mm-hmm. sure with that. So I get where you're coming from. This is the thing I never told you before. When I was whatever age I was when the GameCube came out, um, I it was the same every time a new Nintendo system came out. It would come out fresh and new, and I would ask my parents if I could get it, and they would always say, let's wait until the price drops a little bit. So then I would have to wait until, like, it. usually it was around Christmas time, because the timing, if I'm right about this, new systems always tended to come out then, around like the summer because i remember distinctly i don't know i remember distinctly like going 
to the pool at my grandparents' house a lot when I was waiting for the GameCube. Mm-hmm. So I think it must have come out in the summer, and then by the time Christmas came around, the price had dropped enough, and I would always get it for Christmas. Um, and the GameCube was such a leap in like performance and graphics from the mm-hmm. Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. And the first game I saw, I would get, I got Nintendo Power Magazine at the time, <laughs> and um, the first game that I saw in an issue of Nintendo Power that I that made me want the GameCube was Smash Bros. Melee, and it looked so cool, and you had tons of new characters to play, mm-hmm. and every single day from the time I got that issue to the time I got the GameCube, which was many months, <laughs> I would get that magazine out and just look at the pictures of Mash of Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. Every day. And just wait. Someday I'll have this. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I go to the bookshelf to this day just to admire the books that I have on my shelf. I have a very nice collection of books. Everybody who sees your bookshelf in the background of a video or something is always like, Mm -hmm. whoa, look at your books. That's my pride and joy. Well, I just wanted to take a moment to talk about my very first therapy session ever. Well, I can't wait to see how it goes. Um, And like I said, I'm proud of you. And um, Thank you. I look forward to seeing what it does for you. Um, you think it's going to do anything for you? <laughs> Me going to therapy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Make your life a little less stupid. I wasn't going to say that. Well, I appreciate you supporting me. And I guess my transition is complete to a West Coast crunchy hippie. Right? Are you West Coast crunchy hippie or are you West Coast... Anal retentive. I don't know, but you know, I since moving to California two and a half years ago, I have really started doing yoga. I hike the trails at Griffith Park, Runyon, and the like. I um, wear sandals a lot. I we go to the beach. We love Disneyland. I now go to therapy. I think that's just a SoCal resident. I drink kombucha. Yeah. Please so, say it that way again. One more time. Kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know if that's crunchy hippie. I think that's just L.A. Well, the transition's complete, I guess. And now I'll go to therapy. So. And I get my hair cut in Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. You know what? what? I'm still legit. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't had any plastic surgery yet. No, but you will. Maybe. I'm going to. I'm thinking about getting the Jawser size ball that they advertise on TV. So I can chisel up my jawline. Cool. That was my conversation with Ethan about my first therapy session coming up this week. Um, There are two people that will probably know every single detail about therapy um, that I could share with anyone as soon as it happens, and that's Ethan and Sarah. So, of course, on this episode, I wanted to have Sarah on as well, not just because she's my best friend, but because she might be able to give me a little bit of advice about how to go into therapy for the first time and, you know, relax my nerves a bit because I have been a little bit nervous. So, here is my conversation with Sarah. Hi, how's your day going? Hey, uh, not bad. It's apparently storming outside now, but... Alabama needs it, so I guess it's cool. Makes people yeah, go inside. Somebody, water. Somebody needs to cool them people down. <laughs> force hot. them. Force them to go inside. Right. 
So this week is my first therapy session, so I thought I would do an episode just to kind of chat about that and chat about my feelings and get the thoughts of my people on the fact that I did it. Because I wanted to, um, I kind of wanted to do an episode two or more of kind of exploring the nuances of starting therapy, Mm -hmm. but things got worse, so I didn't. Yeah, well, it's kind of like anything else in life. You don't get to make planned decisions. You kind of just have to do it. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I'm kind of nervous um, because I was talking about in my conversation with Ethan that uh, the, the particular program that I'm going through to do this, there's only a finite amount of people. And I was... Um, And, like, the one person, like, they give you, like, a whole list. And the one person that they think is probably the best match for you, they put her or him at the top, you know, very prominently displayed. And then there's smaller pictures below. Mm -hmm. And um, the person that that seems to be most right for me based on their criteria after answering the questionnaires, she's in Texas. So I'm going to be teleconferencing with a lady in Texas tomorrow or Thursday. Which this episode comes out on Thursday, so today. Well, she will at least have a Southern heritage, even if it is a Texas one. I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm not sure she's from Texas because her profile said that she she's like still registered here, and that's why she's on this program because they only do local people, really, like California people in this. Um, but she said she moved to Texas for a better life for her child. So I don't know. Um, but it was interesting because like some of the others that I was able to choose and, um, again, this is kind of repetitive because the listeners are going to hear this in Ethan's conversation, but like there was one lady, you know, you know how I love Brene Brown, the psychologist and researcher. Mm -hmm. Um, well, she was like, I really do, um, adhere to some philosophies that were developed by Brene Brown about shame and about this and about that. And I was like, okay, you're speaking my language. But she had a face that annoyed me. Is that valid? I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's a deflection and getting nitpicky so you don't have to do it. But no, not well, trying to I mean, psychoanalyze you here. But <laughs> as someone who watched you drag your feet to the process, I feel like that would be a deflection moment. <laughs> Perhaps. Well, and then there was one person who was actually here in California. And, the, and another philosophy that I'm doing that I'm kind of adhering to in this whole process is that I want to have some long-term relationship building, you know, like, because this program is a program that exists that my company, that my day job signs up with, and then um, therapists sign up with, and it's kind of a go-between liaison. It's called Lyra, Um, and different companies can sign up, and you get I don't know if it's, I don't know what the criteria is for each company. I know that my criteria is 20 free sessions of therapy. And then in October, when all of our benefits roll over again, um, it'll be 20 more free sessions for that physical year, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have access right now, right away to like 40 sessions of therapy coming right up. Right. And so, but, but that being said, eventually Lyra is going to run out perhaps, you know? 
Maybe it won't, but I don't know. But I was thinking, because there's another girl who is in California. She's in San Francisco, I think. And she's the only person on my list that mentioned LGBTQ issues. And that really, really spoke to me. And nobody else mentioned that. And I was like, that is kind of important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to go with this first girl just because she was the best match. But, I'm, but I also reached out to the other girl to... Um, inquire about appointments because she does because she's in san francisco and my i think my health coverage once i'm back on health care in the way that i want to be would do a statewide and i think if the girl is in texas they might not cover that right for so, sure um so i was thinking about it but i went ahead and went with the texas girl first just to kind of like i need help i need in get me in and she seemed really 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 like because right now immediately i'm suffering from anxiety and depression and sort of like sadness deep sadness Mm -hmm. um and so she seemed like that like lgbtq stuff is not my immediate need right now right that's where i'm at and that's why i was kind of keeping that other lady on the lgbtq you know the one who deals with that stuff on the back burner because maybe if she if i couldn't use her with my actual real health insurance she could recommend someone for sure i mean it is a massive network, so that would make sense. Again, because once all this is over, the ideal would be to... I mean, I guess there's some people who probably exclusively do telecon because... Or telemedicine because they don't have the... The people they want to see aren't in their city, but most people prefer the traditional method. <laughs> yeah. So, do you prefer that? Do you prefer sitting with someone? Oh, absolutely. I don't want to be at home doing this. My one, it's not like my parents' house or even my brother's house where they have an office. Literally, I'm in a one bedroom apartment, so I don't have like a place to hide away from distraction like you would if you had a traditional office. So, my cats are like getting in my business, of course, as soon as it starts or. You know, yeah. I've got a window, I'm looking out the, you know, trying to, I don't know, I compartmentalize better and I like kind of doing it that way. But my therapist takes care of two elderly parents and I work with the public and it's, this is the safest option. Yeah. So and can't I mean, really that, argue. And that's nobody on Lyra, on the Lyra network is seeing pa- patients right now in person. Like it's just, they're not doing it. I think the, to my knowledge, at least for now, the only people who would continue seeing patients in office is if you deal with children, because mm. you're not going to be able to get some of these kids to sit and talk to a computer screen for an hour. Like, <laughs> I just, I yeah. think if you're dealing, and kids, usually there's more games, there's more like physical, like, inter- not physical interaction, but um, like, I don't, like, my grandmother had two sand pits in her office, and like, she saw... Like tactile stimulation? Yes, there you go. <laughs> tactile. That's what I was trying to get to. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really do that over a video with children. Right. And and that's really, I mean, the, the, the teleconference is really what's making me a little nervous, just because I would feel more confident going to the office. I mean, I don't know that I would feel more confident going into the office, but um, because I don't know that I would feel at all confident, but I do know that I want to start the process. I'm ready because, you know, um, the other day I said this again, repetitive, I woke up and I was in a great mood. And then Ethan was like, do you care if I do yoga? And I was like, no, no worries. And because we have a one bedroom apartment, 
I just went into the bedroom, took a, took my computer, took the iPad, took my journal, and that was it. Like, occupy my time while he's doing yoga. And I started journaling, and I just got very, very sad. Like, extremely sad. Mm-hmm. And for no, like, just out of nowhere, not for no reason, but just out of nowhere. And then Ethan started playing the Nintendo Switch, and that just triggered me. Like, I was upset about him playing Nintendo Switch, and I don't know why. So I was like, oh, I got to do this today. Right. So I was like, I got to fix this problem <laughs> right now. And that's something else that I'm thinking about, too. And tell me if I'm crazy because you're the one who can. Um, Like, I think what makes there's two things that makes me nervous besides just, you know, starting it. One, what if it doesn't work? And two, what if it does work? <laughs> does that make any sense? Um, yes and no. I will say, um, one, with mental health, if it is something that is chemical and you need medical intervention, um, therapy is not going to cure it alone. It's a duality. Um, like if I quit my antidepressants that I have been on since I was 14 tomorrow and still went to therapy, I wouldn't be, I would regress because yeah like i've been told time and time again your antidepressant is like a di- an insulin to a diabetic you don't cure it you maintain it quit because mm-hmm. my therapist has basically gotten on to me before if i said i quit taking my antidepressant she's like well that's stupid she doesn't of course say it like that right but she says um well that's not bright let's not do that because yeah. so there is a duality in that aspect why um, did you stop because I was stupid 24-year-old and thought I could. Oh, until okay. someone finally told me that that's not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, re- I- like, that's really what it is. Is a lot of it was just that naive hope that, oh, I, don't, I can just cure an issue and be done. Oh, I can outgrow my anxiety and depression. No, you cannot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's, that's not real. That's not how science is in this world. Don't listen to Tom Cruise and Scientology. That's not real. Right. Um. Well, and that was that was sort of where I was a little bit. Um, because I was working at my day job with some people who or with a person who was having a lot of trouble and they were asking me advice on how do I deal with it? How do I deal with the mental illness stuff? And I was cocky. Like this was this year. Like not for not 33 because that was during coronavirus but 32 years old and i said well you have to know your triggers and you have to know your limits and you have you know i was being giving very good advice but it was just like like but the thoughts that i were ha- i was having inside in my own head was like i've outgrown it i know how to deal with this now i didn't have the tools then and i did i do now and then coronavirus hit and my job shut down and then you know, Black Lives Matter and this, you know, just the world caved in. And, and I, I'm not super certain that that is the exact catalyst of why this all triggered, but it coincided with it. And I'm like, whoops. Well, it was like that time Marianne Williamson told everybody how to believe and then she stopped believing. <laughs> it happened. Well, look it up on yeah. Oprah. I mean, yeah, so for one of those, one thing is, is like you have to be aware that if you have a chemical imbalance, of you have to stay on your medication. Now, like, 
I have some people who will ask me, do you need to adjust your doses? I'm like, no, I am good where I'm at. I'm not feeling out of control. I'm not feeling like in a rut I cannot get out of. My dose is fine. But I also know people who've been on medications for years and suddenly it doesn't work for them anymore and they have to switch. Like it's just, so it's, I mean, it is what it is. You have to take, that's part of it. And that sucks that it's part of life. Mm -hmm. But it's just like the unfortunate fact that some people get to wake up in the morning and can see perfectly clearly. And I cannot. Like, I mean, it's not because I'm a, I'm not less of a person or less worthy because I have an astigmatism and am blind as a bat. Like, <laughs> well, I just, and, it sucks, but it's part of life. Well, and one of those medical things where you just develop, like you said, you you just, your, med- your medication stops working. At the age of 33, I developed an allergy to peppers. So, yeah. shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, whoops, I've always yeah. eaten peppers and now I can't. So, yeah, so that's, it's, I mean, and as far as it working... It's not going to be, at least for me, it's never been a profound, aha, this is Mm -hmm. working moment. But it's all, there have also been stuff like, perfect example, I had horrible, horrible job anxiety about, I've, Mm -hmm. I've had shitty luck with really crappy, and I know everyone has, with bad bosses, with not getting properly trained, like all the things that would make you and that make me as a person lose my marbles. Yeah. I've had to deal with in a boss, people who don't follow through, who don't have a protocol, don't have standards, just kind of talk out both sides of their mouth. And I finally, one time it took my therapist saying to me, well, just cause they offer you a job doesn't mean you have to take it. Huh? Like for whatever reason in my chaos in my brain, that did not occur to me. Right. Well, and too, and when it you're was getting like, out of college, you take the job you're offered. Right. And I was like, and then there was the out. Well, just because they offer it to you doesn't mean you have to take it. And I went, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having to pay you a lot of money to tell me something that seems incredibly obvious to you. Um, <laughs> but of course, that's just like, but again, sometimes people, there'll be something said to you. Then you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. like, because you're so fixated on the way you're thinking that you cannot mm-hmm. see any other options. Oh yeah. And then like, it'll be complete, completely obvious to them and because they're on the outside looking in with no emotional stake in the game. Right. And I will say, as I've gotten older, I have gotten a lot better at kind of looking at things from different angles in that way. Um, like, because when you need a job, you got that money you got to have coming in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the older I get, the more I'm able to, like, you know, when, when Ethan and I, I mean, it's no secret in my own personal life, but I, I can talk about it a little bit on the podcast that we've had money troubles and we've made a lot of decisions over the last 10 years based on money, mm-hmm. period, end of, full stop, you know. But as we're getting older, we are able, I, well, I'm not, this is no shade on Ethan, but I have developed a specific skill for sort of just taking a breath and saying, let's look at it from a different angle. And when it comes to money, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, and that, and it's things like that that made me think, well, maybe I don't need therapy, but it couldn't hurt. But no, like I have these roadblocks, you know, I have a career that I'm, you know, maintaining Mm -hmm. that is, you know, fledgling at best but hi listeners welcome to the show um 
but I do believe that there are blocks there. And that's what I mean by like nervous that it will work. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, huh, I guess I got no other excuse. And then again, as of, as, as if like, I don't know if you believe in spirituality, like to the day that I, the day after I decided to go to therapy, uh, I was presented with some pretty interesting offer. So right. it's really fascinating that <laughs> that's the way the world works. Um, so, and, and that's hard for me mm-hmm. to, to realize that like, oh, you got to like freaking let go mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got to really just like get over every bit of it. Right. Like you got to not take everything so seriously. And it's like, well, look at 2020. You try. <laughs> right. <clears throat> but I'm also worried that like it won't work and I'm just going to be like, a you know, a drifting freak for well, the rest of my life. I mean, you also can't put a time limit on it. And you will, I mean, if you get with this person and you're like, nah, this ain't right. This, this is not, this is no, that doesn't mean the next person won't be better because you may like and read certain philosophies, but that doesn't mean they work to help you. That's true. And that may not I don't be know what your brain needs. That may, that may very well dis, just like devastate me if. I go to my therapy session on Thursday and it's just like not clicking. Well, it's, I mean, it's hold on, hold that thought. That is my reminder to order my cat's food. So they actually have something to eat this week. Um, <laughs> they deserve to be fed too. Um, and I'm joking. I feed my cats. That's why they're both overweight. Um, True. <laughs> so, but no, it's like, it, it's not a cure-all in one session. It may take two or three sessions, and then you'd be like, I respect you. There's nothing wrong, but this is not what I need. Um, but again, it's just, you know, it's worth a shot. You won't know until you try. Yeah. And she may it may be fantastic, and you may have to move to Texas so you can stay in touch with your therapist. Maybe. Don't move to Texas. I no won't. offense to anyone who listens to this that's from Texas, but oh my god! I mean Texas. a little bit of I mean a little bit of offense. It is Texas. I was told once when someone said, well, "No offense to Texas, we it's not that we hate them," and he says, "Well, they hate all of you." Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is fair." It's true. Do you have any thoughts for or thoughts or suggestions or advice for me for as someone who has never been to therapy? The best word of advice would be: It is not. I mean, it is not a magic cure-all. You have to be open-minded and willing to be receptive and be ready to be told stuff that you do not want to hear. Yeah. Like, I mean, perfect examples. Miniature segue. Um, I texted you earlier this week getting finding in my Facebook message pending thing messages from a guy who I was briefly involved with seven years ago. And those hateful messages proved everything my therapist said right about him at the time. What'd she say? Can I know? Um, we talked about Well, I know him. I can know, but can the listeners know? <laughs> yeah, I mean he doesn't he's gonna be nameless. Um, we had talked he was significantly older than me. Um, I was naive and we worked together and I was con- I was in the mindset of, Oh, he's just down on his luck. Oh, he just needs a friend. Oh, he just needs someone to talk to. He was hella fucking manipulative. Um and emotionally toyed with me and he had a sketchy past that i found out about through googling him one day 
Um, I remember that phone call. Yeah. And she basically said those charges that were brought against him are there are, are, are a fact. You can't, you know, they're warning signs. And of course she was right. I mean, <laughs> hello. What were the charges? Uh, assault. Mm. Um, and again, it was like even four or five years before I knew him that, so like, but again, in my mind as a naive 24 year old, wanting to be like oh he just needs a friend oh he's so you know he's just down on his luck looking back his sister so he told me to my face that his sister called him unlovable and i'm like if you're in your 50s and you're saying that to your siblings uh that's probably right um (laughs) but i mean but i get it i get that you want to believe that everybody is has the you know and i say this to this day that everybody has a road to redemption right and i say even even donald trump has a road to redemption that they can walk um but i don't yeah. know that he'll have i don't know that he has time enough on this earth to walk that i don't road, think but... he's got the stamina uh. <laughs> but you know everybody does have that road right. to redemption they can walk and we want to believe that but yeah but she basically are there yeah but she basically said and i don't remember word for word but i remember once i looked at those again messages i received within the last year randomly from him um that she basically was like there are warning signs here there you know he you need to not disregard this um i mean she was she's not she's not a parent she has she has a stake in the game in a sense that it's her job that my mental health be sound and i yeah not get hurt but um she can't i can't it's just like anything else you don't have to be compliant with anyone in your life but yourself you right. don't like you parents your doctor your therapist your lawyer you can be non-compliant with all of them it's probably not a good idea but (laughs) so um i have a question sure why not do you ever talk about me in therapy i'm probably yeah i mean when i go when i've gone to visit you and all that oh really or if you're pissing me off at the time (laughs) does your does your therapist say that there's trigger signs about me and like warning signs no Oh, good. I'm just, I'm just I mean, curious. there's never been, she's never, like, even this person, she wasn't like, you need to get the fuck away from him. Like, she was yeah. just like, you cannot disregard these facts about the, this pers- personality or these warning signs or people shouldn't talk like that. You know, I mean, yeah, it was also, what year is this? It was seven years ago. So I don't remember detailed <laughs> um, what she said about him. <laughs> But. Right. I was just curious. But all right. Well, I appreciate you helping me through this journey or, you know, sort of holding my hand and being supportive of me finally going to therapy. You're probably, as my best friend, you're probably like, God, when's he going to therapy? <laughs> I've um, only said that to my mom once. So, did you really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Jaja would agree. She'd be like, oh, Jaja's mother um, went back and became a therapist in right. her adult life. So, Jaja believes in therapy. <laughs> That's true. I, I, and I do too. I believe in it. I'm just ready to be a, have an insider's view for, of it now. Well, I'm off on Thursday, the day that this episode comes out. So, I'll probably be calling you after my therapy session to tell you all about it. Okay. 
I will be working, so I won't be answering, but you can leave me a good voicemail. Or Marco Polo me. I will blow up your phone. I will. I'll Marco Polo you. If you're not listening, or if you're not using Marco Polo at this point, America, you need to get on board. You're not using it. I do use it. Let's I Marco Polo do the other day about seeing a drag queen at work. Let's look. Hold on. (laughs) Kyle, active one day ago. That's true. The last message I got was from Saturday. This is only Tuesday. How many days is that? Four. Four. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll try to do better. But you can Marco Polo me on Thursday. I will. I'll Marco Polo you on Thursday. But until then, I'll see you soon. I think we all have those people that we just kind of lean into and use as a sounding board and use as a cheerleader or sometimes as the voice of reason when we are trying to do something new in our lives. I know that that is the case for sure for Ethan and Sarah when it comes to things that I do for this podcast or um, when it comes to other projects that I do for my performance career. And the same goes to me going to therapy. These two have been very, very um, prolific in supporting me. But also, there is one person that just did not work out that I could get them on the podcast in time for this episode. But I would like to have them back soon to talk about therapy because they are very passionate about it, too. He's been on the show, Jake Myers, my friend from England, who came on during uh, Life in the Bunker. I really, really, really want to give him a huge, huge shout out and thank you for um, being so supportive and being so present and being so helpful and willing to give advice because he has also been going to therapy and he believes in it and I just couldn't thank him enough. So chances are, by the time you're listening to this, I will have already had my first therapy session. But I really, really hope that listening to my journey so far, um, coming to therapy and deciding to go to therapy for myself, has inspired some other people out there to really have the courage to take on the things that you haven't had the courage to take on yet. And maybe even go to therapy. And I would love to hear from you if you yourself are on a therapy journey or if you've been going to therapy for years and you have advice for me or want to share some anecdotes that you don't mind me reading on the podcast. I'd love to. I'd love to help build this community for myself and for other people because that's what this show has been all about. The conversations we have on a daily basis that can have the potential to change our lives. So if you want to follow me, it is at um, Kyle L. Henderson on Instagram and at Kyle L. Henderson on Twitter. And you can also join the Facebook group, uh, Not For Nothing, and you can join the conversation there. And just as a point of reference, Ethan's handle, if you want to follow skincare um, mostly, is at Ethan H. Ham on Instagram. And Sarah is at Sadie May 57 on Instagram or at Sarah Cat Cooper on Twitter. And I hope that you will rate and subscribe the show on iTunes or whatever app you listen to podcasts on. And I'll see you next time. Do you have any thoughts for or thoughts or suggestions or
advice for me for as someone who has never been to therapy? Um, go into it. That is not your cheese dip. Go oh into God. it with an. <laughs> sorry. 